Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlux's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlux partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sheerluxvip.com. A quick announcement about the Brief podcast. If you're enjoying being kept in the know about the latest current affairs news, then you'll want to subscribe to the Brief podcast as well as the Sherlux podcast, as we'll be moving the Brief over to its own designated podcast channel in the next few weeks. Simply search the Brief podcast in your podcast app and hit subscribe to stay informed. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Brief Daily from Sherlux.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Today is the 21st of June and these are the main stories this week. US President Donald Trump signed an executive order ending his policy of separating migrant families on the US-Mexican border following an international outcry. Families will still be kept in cages, but children will not be removed from their parents. Trump and Vice President Mike Pence stressed that their zero-tolerance policy would remain in place under which everyone who crosses the border without papers will be referred for prosecution. Over the last two months, around 2,000 children have been separated from their parents after crossing the border. Some children were kept in metal cages and recordings have been released of minors crying for their parents. Officials plan to erect tent cities to hold hundreds more children in the Texas desert, where temperatures regularly reach 40 degrees Celsius. The practice is the result of a new zero-tolerance policy that means migrants are now being criminally prosecuted. Previously, they faced a misdemeanor offence and were released pending asylum hearings. As the adults are being charged with a crime, the children accompanying them who cannot be arrested are separated and deemed unaccompanied minors. Trump recently blamed the separations on the Democratic Party, claiming it is the result of a law that Democrats gave us. It is unclear what legislation he's referring to. England's World Cup campaign got off to a promising start in Russia this week, with a 2-1 win over Tunisia. Captain Harry Kane scored twice in the thrilling match, which saw England take an early lead before conceding a penalty. Kane scored again in the closing minutes to secure England's first opening game win in a major tournament since 2006. The national side faces Panama at 1pm on Sunday. Meanwhile, defending champions Germany suffered a shock 1-0 defeat by Mexico on Sunday. Other highlights included underdogs Iceland drawing one all with Argentina after Lionel Messi missed a penalty, while Portugal's Cristiano Ronaldo secured a hat-trick last Friday to draw three all with Spain. Host nation Russia has all but secured its place in the second round after scoring eight goals and conceding just one in its first two games. Former Conservative leader William Hague urged the Prime Minister to legalise cannabis for recreational purposes. He argued the UK's drug policy is inappropriate, ineffective and utterly out of date and that the battle is effectively over. His remarks were quickly shot down by the Home Office, which reiterated that the government has no intention of reviewing the classification of cannabis. His comments came after Home Secretary Sajid Javid intervened to grant 12-year-old Billy Cadwell temporary access to cannabis oil medication to treat his epilepsy. Last Monday, officials at Heathrow confiscated Cadwell's oil when he and his mother returned to the UK from Canada. 
Following the confiscation, Billy was admitted to hospital in London after his seizures intensified. Home Secretary Sajid Javid has since announced the launch of a review into the ban of medicinal cannabis. In UK news, a Conservative MP blocked a ban on upskirting, the act of secretly taking an invasive photograph up a woman's skirt or dress, from progressing through the House of Commons last Friday. Had the law passed, it would have made the offence punishable by up to two years in prison. During its reading, however, Sir Christopher Cope shouted object, which automatically halted the bill's progress. His intervention was met by cries of shame from other MPs. Sir Christopher faced widespread criticism for blocking the bill, including from figures within the Conservative Party. He claims he has been scapegoated by his opponents, saying that he wholeheartedly supports the legislation, but objected on procedural grounds. A watchdog said the government's flagship benefit system has been too slow to roll out, causes hardship and is not delivering value for money. Under the £1.9 billion universal credit system, six existing types of benefits are rolled into one monthly payment. The National Audit Office said some claimants waited eight months for a payment when the systems were being switched, and overall 25% of payments were late, which pushed some families into hardship. The government says universal credit will bring a £34 billion return over 10 years by simplifying the benefit system as well as getting more people into work. Glasgow School of Art burnt down just four years after the building suffered significant damage in a similar blaze. The school was undergoing an extensive renovation, costing up to £35 million when the flames broke out last Friday night. Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has described the damage as heartbreaking. The director of the school has said the structure can be salvaged, despite fears it was beyond repair. Veteran broadcaster David Dimbleby announced he is to step down as host of Question Time after 25 years. The 79-year-old, who will leave the show at the end of the year, does not plan to retire, but wants to return to reporting, which he describes as his first love. BBC General Director Tony Hall has called Dimbleby a titan in British broadcasting and a champion of the public. Over a career spanning almost 60 years, he has been the BBC's main presenter for all general elections since 1979. Debit card payments overtook cash as the most popular form of payment in the UK for the first time. Last year, consumers used their debit cards 13.2 billion times, up 14% compared to 2016. The number of cash transactions fell by 15% to 13.1 billion in the same period. Almost two-thirds of people in the UK now use contactless payments, which were first introduced a decade ago, and around 3.4 million people almost never use cash. Young consumers aged between 25 and 34 were most likely to make contactless payments. Three graffiti artists died after being struck by a train near Loughborough Junction Station near Brixton in South London. Emergency services were called to the scene at around 7.30am on Monday, where three people were confirmed dead. The victims have been identified as Jack Gilbert and Harrison Scott Hood, both 23, and 19-year-old Alberto Carrasco. Police believe the men were hit by an out-of-service passenger train near the station at about 1am on Monday night. The government announced plans to hold an annual day celebrating the Windrush generation and their descendants, which will be supported by a grant of up to £500,000. British Caribbean representatives will oversee Windrush Day, which is set to take place every 22nd of June. On that date in 1948, around 500 migrants from the West Indies disembarked from the Empire Windrush to help rebuild the UK after World War II. Communities Minister Lord Bourne has said the day will help recognise and honour the enormous contribution of those who arrived on the ship. Thomas Markle, father of the Duchess of Sussex, has revealed that he made Prince Harry promise never to raise his hand against his daughter before giving the couple his blessing to marry. 
Markle made the comments in an interview with ITV's Good Morning Britain on Monday. Prince Harry has never met his father-in-law, who was unable to attend the royal wedding as he was recovering from heart surgery, but the prince phoned him before proposing. Markle also said he apologised to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex for staging paparazzi photographs of himself preparing for the wedding. London Mayor Sadiq Khan said far-right terrorists will never succeed on the first anniversary of the Finsbury Park attack on Tuesday. One person died and a dozen others were injured when an attacker deliberately drove through a crowd of Muslims. A minute's silence was held during a memorial service at Islington Town Hall, which was also attended by Community Secretary James Brockenshire. Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn, in whose constituency the attack happened, called for people to come together in response to the actions of racists that seek to divide us. The attacker, Darren Osborne, has been sentenced to serve at least 43 years in prison. The Queen's granddaughter, Zara Tyndall, and her ex-rugby player husband, Mike, announced the birth of their second daughter, weighing £9, 3 ounces. Tyndall gave birth at Stroud Maternity Unit in Gloucestershire on Monday, the same place she had her first child, four-year-old Mia. Mike Tyndall was present at the birth. The new baby, whose name is yet to be confirmed, will be 19th in line to the throne and the Queen's seventh great-grandchild coming two months after the birth of Prince Louis. Culture Secretary Matt Hancock called for schools to ban children from using mobile phones. The minister is encouraging teachers to confiscate the devices from children at the start of each school day. He argues phones could have a real impact on students' achievement and increase instances of bullying. A group of Conservative MPs have written a letter to the Department of Education in support of Hancock, citing evidence that students from schools which ban smartphones do 2% better at GCSE than the national average. A 23-year-old man was arrested following an explosion at Southgate Tube Station in Enfield, North London, on Tuesday evening. Five people were injured in the blast, two of whom were taken to hospital. Witnesses described smelling burning rubber and seeing six-foot flames at the entrance of the station. Police believe the explosion was caused by a faulty drill battery. The man was held on suspicion of an act likely to cause an explosion to injure or damage property and endangering safety on the railway. London Mayor Sadiq Khan has confirmed the blast was non-suspicious. The Prime Minister welcomed the passing of the EU Withdrawal Bill through Parliament as a crucial step in delivering a smooth and orderly Brexit. Peers in the House of Lords accepted the final text of the Brexit Bill, as sent to them from the Commons, and the Bill will now go for royal assent to become law. The vote passed 319 to 303, after potential Conservative rebels were given assurances they will have a meaningful say on the final Brexit deal. Theresa May said more detail on the UK's future relationship with the EU will be given soon. In business news, Tesco posted its strongest growth in seven years, boosted by its acquisition of the Booker Cash & Carry Group. The supermarket said UK and Irish sales rose 3.5% in the last three months in its 10th consecutive quarter of growth. While sales at Booker jumped 14.3%, growth at the main Tesco chain fell back to 2.1% from 2.4% in the previous quarter. Company executive Dave Lewis said the weaker sales growth was partly due to bad weather, with the supermarket forced to close all of its Irish stores during the Beast from the East storm in March. Passengers who bought cheap British Airway flights were outraged after their tickets were cancelled because the prices were wrong. The airline said it sent incorrect fares to a number of travel agents for flights to Tel Aviv and Dubai. One passenger said they will now have to pay around £1,000 despite booking a return flight to Tel Aviv for £195. BA apologised and offered full refunds as well as a £100 voucher. The company has not revealed how many flights are affected. In health news, 
Prime Minister Theresa May suggested plans for an extra £20 billion a year for the NHS by 2023 will be funded by higher taxes. The Conservative Party may scrap its manifesto pledges to cut corporation tax, raise the personal income tax allowance to £12,500 and lift the higher rate threshold to £50,000 as a result of the proposals. It follows a backlash after the Prime Minister previously said the money would be raised through a Brexit dividend of money that will no longer be going to Brussels when Britain leaves the EU. Some experts dismissed the plan as tosh and said there is no Brexit dividend. Millennials will be the first generation to have worse health problems than their parents when they reach middle age. A report from the Health Foundation think tank said the impact of unstable employment, relationships and housing on people currently in their 20s and 30s will lead to a higher risk of lifestyle diseases such as cancer and diabetes in 30 years' time. The researchers concluded that millennials are losing ground on these important environmental factors despite health campaigns making progress on smoking and alcohol use. Deaths of rough sleepers with mental health problems have risen sharply over the last seven years. The rise has prompted concern that specialist services are not reaching those who need them. According to new research, 80% of rough sleepers who died in London in 2017 had mental health needs, which is an increase from 29% in 2010. The charity has described the situation as a scandal and called on the government to take urgent action to prevent people dying on the streets. Some 70% of outreach workers surveyed said access to mental health support for homeless people has got harder over the last five years. Doctors are warning people with weakened immune systems that tattoos could put them at a risk of complications. It comes after a woman with cystic fibrosis who had undergone lung transplants developed thigh and knee pain after getting her leg tattooed. It is unclear what caused the woman's pain, but scans showed her thigh muscle was inflamed. The issue was later resolved with physiotherapy. Medical professionals say people taking immunosuppressant medication or those suffering from a chronic illness such as diabetes should talk to their doctor before getting a tattoo. Married couples are less likely to develop heart disease or have a stroke than single people. Experts from a group of universities in the UK, US and Australia found that people who were divorced, widowed or never married had a 42% higher risk of developing cardiovascular disease. An inquiry concluded that more than 450 patients died and up to 200 more had their lives shortened by Hampshire Hospital's practice of giving opioid drugs without medical justification. The report from Bishop of Liverpool, James Jones, who led the panel, marks the conclusion to a major inquiry into the actions of Dr Jane Barton, a GP who ran wards at Gosport War Memorial Hospital in the 1990s. Consultants were aware of her actions but did not intervene. The report has invited the Health Secretary, the Attorney General, Hampshire Police and other relevant authorities to act accordingly, suggesting that prosecutions are likely to follow. Police previously investigated the deaths of 92 patients during three inquiries between 1998 and 2006, but no one was charged. In environment news, McDonald's will replace plastic straws with paper ones in all its UK and Ireland restaurants from September. It is the latest company to opt out of some single-use plastic products, which can take hundreds of years to decompose and cause substantial damage to the environment. The restaurant chain uses 1.8 million straws a day in the UK. McDonald's says the decision is the result of a successful trial earlier this year. Environment Secretary Michael Gove has hailed the move as a significant contribution to helping the environment and a fine example to other large businesses. John Lewis will buy back worn and unwanted clothing from its customers, including underwear and old socks. The move is a UK industry first that aims to reduce the 300,000 tonnes of fashion waste going into landfill each year. 
Customers can arrange through an app to have unwanted clothing collected from their home, where they will be paid for each item regardless of its condition. Items bought back are either sold, although not in John Lewis stores, mended for resale or recycled into new products. The average UK household owns about £4,000 worth of clothes, almost a third of which had not been worn for at least a year. Illegal treasure hunters have damaged a 1,900-year-old stretch of Hadrian's Wall by digging for ancient artefacts. Historic England said a surge in Nighthawk metal detectorists who searched for Roman loot without permission under the cover of darkness have left more than 50 holes around Brunton Turret, one of the best-preserved sections of Hadrian's Wall. The Northumberland landmark was built by the 20th Legion of the Roman Army during their occupation of Britain. Experts say the Nighthawks are stealing historical artefacts and damaging vulnerable underground archaeological remains. In sports news, there's confusion over a claim by former tennis star Boris Becker that he is entitled to diplomatic immunity. Earlier this week, Becker said he held immunity amid a bankruptcy case in the UK after being appointed as sports attaché to the Central African Republic. Bankruptcy proceedings were brought against Becker last year over money he allegedly owes to a London-based private bank. However, a top official from the Central African Republic has since claimed Becker's diplomatic passport is fake. An inquiry has been launched into who issued the passport. Becker's lawyers say he was appointed to the diplomatic role in April. Elsewhere in the world... U.S. President Donald Trump threatened to impose tariffs on an additional $200 billion of Chinese goods amid an ongoing row over trade. Trump has said the 10% tariff would come into effect if China refuses to change its practices, citing what he argues is an unfair trade imbalance and theft of U.S. intellectual property. In response, China has accused the U.S. of blackmail, raising fears of an all-out trade war as Beijing promised to fight back firmly. Many economists have warned that tariffs are likely to make products more expensive for U.S. consumers and may hurt some businesses the administration is trying to protect, which depend on China for parts. Stock markets across the world fell at the news yesterday. The U.S. pulled out of the U.N. Human Rights Council on Tuesday, calling it a cesspool of political bias which makes a mockery of human rights. The Geneva-based council has been criticised for allowing countries with questionable human rights records to be members. However, campaigners say the US move could hinder efforts to address global human rights abuses. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres has said he would much prefer for the US to remain a member of the UNHRC, although Israel, which has accused the Council of anti-Israeli bias, held the decision as courageous. Thousands of mourners gathered at a park in Melbourne, Australia, to hold a vigil in memory of comedian 22-year-old Eurydice Dixon, who was raped and killed as she walked home from a gig. A 19-year-old man has been charged with her murder. Widespread anger over the crime has sparked a wider debate about the safety of women in Australia. Canada is set to become the second country in the world after Uruguay to fully legalise the recreational sale of cannabis. The Senate approved legislation for a change in the law within the next two or three months. Senator Tony Dean has described the vote, which ends 90 years of prohibition, as very historic. Dean argues that just-say-no approaches have failed young people and that the move will put more focus on public health and community health. President Justin Trudeau's Liberal government introduced the legislation last year. Medical marijuana is already legal in Canada. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern gave birth to a baby girl on Thursday, becoming the first world leader in nearly 30 years to have a child while in office. Ardern was admitted to hospital in Auckland earlier in the day, four days after her due date. She later shared an image of herself with her new daughter and her partner Clark Gayford. 
The 37-year-old has passed on her duties to Deputy Prime Minister Winston Peters for the period of her six-week maternity leave. Our facts of the week are 4am is the most common time for babies to be born in England, with the majority arriving between 1am and 7am. More than 70% of births took place outside regular working hours. French Bulldogs have overtaken Labradors as the UK's most popular breed of dog. Labradors have topped the list for the past 28 years, but have recently been pipped by a boom in ownership of brachycephalic dog breeds, which include Bulldogs and Pugs. Finally, scientists have created an AI to predict who will win the World Cup. The bot, which has been fed detailed data about each team, put Spain slightly ahead of Germany as most likely to take home the trophy. It gave Saudi Arabia, Iran and Japan a 0% chance of winning. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.